1260, the Dave Jamison Show. You can hit us up, 101260 in the inbox. We'll get to uh, some of those as we work our way through. Ryan King of the Eskimos and the CFL Play Exec- CFL Players Association Executive Committee. He'll be along at 1 o'clock today. Uh, joining us now, he is an author, he is a podcaster, and a former NHLer. Uh, his book is not new, but I, I've, I recently dove into it, and, and just I don't think I've seen an athlete, a former athlete, uh, be so de- self-deprecating and, and damn funny about their career. And it was a very short career. Uh, Terry Ryan joining us now. His book is Tales of a First Round Nothing, My Life as an NHL Footnote. Um, Terry, it couldn't have been easy, or maybe it was, to kind of come to peace and be able to you know laugh and, and kind of mine that part of your life for the stories you tell because it was really well done well listen i really appreciate it um i didn't ever how do i how do i even answer that um like i always i'm an only child and as you'll see in the Mm -hmm. book i mean I, i don't really start when i'm a kid kid i start because it was a big transforming movement in my life going from mm-hmm. here to be, I'm living in Newfoundland now to British Columbia at 14 to play junior. It was just this big page had been turned and it always felt magical. It felt like I was doing something that was unique, which I was, but how was I to know the Montreal Canadians would happen and all that stuff. I, and right. I, I, I didn't even leave. I, I just had no brothers or sisters. I went out there. I was playing in a junior league way beyond my maturity and, and physical strength level, all that stuff. I was eons ahead of where I really should have been, and there was no globalization of the Internet, so it wasn't easy to contact my friends or anything. So I went into a bit of a lull, but I was always fairly creative. My parents encouraged me to keep a journal, and during that time, my journal actually became almost like it was therapeutic for me. You know, I didn't really have anybody to hang out with. So, you know, being being 14, playing junior, now slowly that changed, but then all of a sudden... I loved going to my journal because I realized I was on this unique path and I always went back and I'm really thankful for that because over the years I was asked to like give give speeches here and there and you know I'm from Newfoundland there's not a lot of NHLers from here so you know I would often get people would come up and like hug me and geez you know too bad you know I wish it had worked out and you know I went back and read my journals and I said like I, I know that, like, maybe I should have played longer. Well, I definitely should have, you know, given where I got drafted. But, you know, I was just a few years ago a teenager in Newfoundland. You know, you told me I was going to play sure. with the Montreal Canadiens. It'd be great. And I went back and looked at – and none of the, the stories, really, I mean, you read them. They yeah. were really I, – I think, for lack of a real better way to explain it, a boy kind of growing up, I, I look back at my, my entries and they were – you know, I had a blast. And people – People might know my NHL stuff and say, oh, you know, he only played eight games in Montreal, but right. I had a blast in Boise, in, in Tri-Cities where I played junior. I mean, it's like a second home in Cornell, and I got to, you know, play ball hockey and travel the world, and I'm still playing senior hockey. Now, I say that with this COVID going on, it might might chase me out. But, you know, I just love the game, and I always I, – I, I kind of felt like my life has been a, a celebration of it, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I know I – Coulda, shoulda, woulda played longer, but you know, there's a whole lot more to life. I'm 43 years old. I've been involved in hockey since I'm three. You know, 
<laughs> uh, Terry Ryan joining us here on TSN 1260. Um, okay, we in a normal year, we would be getting ready for the NHL draft. And, you know, you know what that has become now. It's a machine. There's all sorts of prognostication. And the year is spent with the likes of Craig Button and Bob McKenzie. And, you know, there's a whole industry that sprung up around it. But take us back to 1995 and the lead up to the draft, which was held in Edmonton. I mean, it's it was it's a different time, obviously, but what do you remember of you at that time getting ready for, you know, what's going to be the biggest day in your life up until that point? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was a whirlwind. I, again, mine was unique, like, for, in a lot of ways, you know, of everybody at that draft. I was the only, and I believe I'm, I remain the only Newfoundlander to play in the Western League. You know, that mm-hmm. that was a thing. And then, yeah. you know, I played with Tri-Cities, and we had three of us, myself, Brian Boucher, and Damon Lankow, all go in the first round. That was unique. We had Boyd Olson went in that draft. He's from Edmonton. Damon is. Sheldon Surrey we had, and he went the year before. We had Ray Schultz go from there. Like So we had this, like, huge representation of Tri-City Americans from Edmonton that all got drafted in, in the span of a year or two. So my experience with all that, isn't as personal as you would think. Maybe in the book mm-hmm. it, it might seem like that because it really was. I mean, life's a personal journey, but like, I, you know, yeah, I'm a first round pick and everything that goes along with that, but I experienced it with Damon and, and Brian, who both were in kind of the same position. Like, we didn't really know going in. It was a lockout year. We were all pretty good, but I don't really know where we I think Damon probably would have been rated the highest of three of us. And that was based on the year before. You know, Damon was like an anomaly. He came in, I don't even believe he was drafted in the Bantam draft, you know. Um, so we all kind of had this experience of shooting up the hockey ladder extremely quick. Um, and, and again, being a lockout year, it was more magnified in our draft year because, you know, all the, the best players were back playing junior. I, I don't know that Ryan Smith or Jeff Friesen or to go to other leagues, Alexander Day, or, you know, I don't know if these guys mm-hmm. would have been back playing junior. So, it felt it felt great to to do it together, and you know, being from Newfoundland and such such a representation of uh, you know, we've got so many Newfoundlanders in Alberta. With you know, Fort McMurray, and then some. Though it's not just there. I mean, a lot of people from here go to Fort Mac, but it's everywhere. When I was played in Red Deer, I had all kinds of Newfoundlanders at the games. So when I was at in Edmonton getting drafted. If I said hundreds, I'd probably be low. You know, yeah. Newfoundlanders there that or, or, or that had come. Or, or that I'd met in, in Edmonton. You know, a lot of people say if they're from Minnesota and, you know, they play with, I don't know, Boston College or whatever their route might be, to, to go to Edmonton was kind of out of the way. But for me, I had tons of family, friends, like my organization was out there, the Tri-City Americans, I had people, my, my hockey coach flew out from from my minor hockey coach, Derm Connolly from Newfoundland. So it, it was like this big event. Yeah. And again... I'm the only Newfoundlander. I'm the highest drafted Newfoundlander. So, you know, I, I like have the key to the city. I come home and it, there was no, there was no stop. And I don't mean that in like, oh, and I, 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 I was fatigued kind of way. It, it, yes. it was tiring mentally, but you know, it was the best time of my life, really. I, There's so many great stories. I would love you to tell the Mike Milbury, but in in its truest, rawest form. But I don't want to lose my job, and and uh, but so we'll leave that. I'll just encourage people to go and seek that out because it's a great story, well told. But how surreal is it? I I know you talk about the and the Milbury story is relates to those player interviews, but you sat through some strange ones. Um, 
the Esposito mm. brothers, the interview was one thing, but then you just hung out with these two icons. Yeah, they were great. And the thing is, I, I'm a, my dad has a history degree. I've, I took a lot of history courses. I got a folklore degree. So, like, I, I really am in, into the folklore and the history of things. I, people might say yeah. that. But, like, I remember taking my dad to, it, it's genetic, I think. I, remember I went, took my dad to Rome, Italy about 15 years ago. But we, we, we were going to go all over Italy. We never made it outside of Rome. There's so much to do there. So, point being, you know, I really paid attention. I wasn't one of those kids that only knew about the Henderson goal. You know, mm-hmm. the first thing I asked Espo in that, I didn't put it in a book, but I remember asking him about when he fell down, when he was going to at the yes, beginning of the game, yes. they were announcing all the players. You know, because I've seen, I've seen all eight hours like a bunch of times. I've, I've seen yeah. So th- to me, that was almost, I don't know if, I, you know, I know I tell the story in the book, but to meet Phil Esposito, and, you know, he had the 76 goals for a while, which was the most, and, and you know, which is a hell of a lot in any era. I don't care when you're talking. And, uh, you know, I didn't love the Bruins, but I loved the history of them and the Rangers. And so Espo was always someone like he was, if, if you gave me five players, I, he would probably be one of the ones I wanted to meet. So it, it was my very last interview, too. And it felt like he was so cool and calm and collective. And he told me right away he was going to, he said, I want to take Damon Lankow. You know, I, I, we're mm. picking fifth. He said, I, I love you, but you're not a good enough skater. I'm not going to pick you there. Fair enough. All good. You know, mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to meet Phil Esposito. So basically, my, my interview with him, he asked me a few questions about Damon, who, who he ended up, oddly, not oddly, but he ended up taking him the next day. He wasn't bullcrapping kind of thing, you know. So he wanted to know about Damon, and we went back and forth on that. And um, then, yeah, he just said, you have any questions for me? And I had about 300. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm 18. I'm in a hotel yeah. room. No one really knows where I am. You know, like, you know, they know where I am, but, like, I can chill here for a few hours. Like, the hard part's sure. over. So I don't know how long. You know, it seemed like hours to me, but it was definitely an hour, though. Like, it was yeah. beyond your effort. It felt like just sitting down, shooting the breeze with the boys. Terry, I got, I wish we had a, well, an hour with you, frankly. Uh, I, I really appreciate the time. A wonderful read, and it's great to check back in with you. I was, we need a laugh, and we need more people like you in sport uh, on any day. Uh, but certainly during these times, appreciate it and continued success. I hope you have another book in you and uh, keep working on the podcast. It's great. I really appreciate it. Yeah, the podcast Tales with Tier, and um, I do. I'm actually editing another book. I just finished it, so I got a deal set up, I believe. I'm not going to say with who, but I'm literally minutes away. You called at the right time, so pay attention. It's more of the same. It's more of the same. Terry, appreciate the time. Thanks for this. Thanks a lot for having me on. Have a great summer. All right, Terry Ryan there. Uh, his book is uh, Tales of a First Round Nothing, My Life as an NHL Footnote. Man, that's, that's great news to uh, hear that he's got another book coming down.